Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome back to another episode of I Don't Know History. I'm Alex and I know quite a lot about history. My name's RJ and I don't know history. Well, you know what, RJ? That's not entirely true. What do you mean? I owe you an apology. Oh, that is true. I, I have in front of me a list of what I like to call errata from the previous podcast. Of course, with any podcast about uh, factual information with someone who hasn't studied history in quite a long time, yep. there are going to be some errors. Okay. The first thing I'll mention is the thing that you mentioned to me. Uh, if you haven't listened to the last podcast, go pa- listen to pause it. this podcast right now and go and listen to the last podcast. If you want. Or you can just listen to no, it. No, RJ, they have no choice. You, you have must. to listen to the you first podcast. You must do it. Okay. Last time we talked about um, the first world war, the second, the second world just war. Just the the pre, middle and post World War Two. And I said to you that the League of Nations was formed in 1946, despite the fact that you were almost sure that the League of Nations was formed after after the First World War. Yeah. You were in fact correct. The League yes. of Nations was formed in 1919 after the end of the First World War. The information that I wanted to give you was that it became the, the United, United Nations, Nations in 1946 with. Um, and I didn't know that. With the, I think the, the USA joined or certainly became more involved in it. Yeah, I mean, World War Two was pretty bad, so probably more people were like, let's yeah, terrible. actually work. Because the League of Nations did some good stuff. Uh-huh. It didn't really work that well. It didn't said. very work. It didn't work um, at all. The second piece really. of errata I'd like to bring to, to, bring to the table is, um, I mentioned that the, light of, the Night of the Long Knives happened in 1934, and I also said that uh, it was also called Kristallnacht. Now, these are two... These are, in fact, two separate things. Oh! <laughs> which I uh, happen to just combine in my head, because I don't think I had them in my notes. I just sort of um, thought about it. So the Night of the Long Knives did indeed happen in 1934. Basically, what was happening is there was a, a splintering of power within the Nazi party. Okay. And uh, Hitler and the SS, as it was at the time, mm-hmm. decided in 1934 to go out and murder all the leaders of the SA, which is the, his original group. Okay. Um, and Kristallnacht was what's called a pogrom. It's a pogrom. It's a, an, an event used to persecute a certain group, particularly the Jewish people. Okay. Uh, it's a pogrom that happened in 1938, uh, wherein uh, a bunch of Jewish businesses were destroyed and bad stuff happened. And that's why, yeah, because I remember you saying about the glass on the floor and that's why it looked yes, like Yes, that's why it's called Kristallnacht yeah. now. That, that, was, that was entirely my error. Yeah. Uh, as I said, I haven't studied history in a long time. Now I know. Now I know the level of preparation I need to do. As we said, feel free to give us a little tweet. You can search us yep, on yep. Twitter, uh, IDK History. Just search us on there. Uh, you can also check out on Facebook, I believe, as well. Maybe? I don't know if that's set up. I don't know. I can't remember. Perhaps. Perhaps. People might be thinking. They might be ready to At type Alex this. Ask Alex him. Just, yeah. get, just yeah. contact Alex Don't be too Achille. abusive. Um, yeah, because as we need to know when we make mistakes. And lucky enough, we've caught a few. <laughs> there is one more. Oh, okay. I mentioned that the Anschluss with Austria happened in 1936. That was incorrect, too. Okay. Happened in 1938. Okay. But the crux of the fact was correct. There we are. I'll, so I'll most of the things, uh, like, I've beaten you it was, on it, one thing. It was mostly date-related, to be yeah, honest actually, with you. Yeah, because even the League of Nations, that's still, you, you got it confused with the United Nations. Yeah. yeah. And that was just, it's the same thing, but so getting I, renamed kind of a I wasn't just a new... making things up. 
You just got which some is wires crossed. Which so, is good. Yeah. But still, history is about facts, and those things weren't factual. Um, so we, kind of, we, we dropped the ball. But it's all about learning and growing, and that's what the show is all about. My bad. That's fine. So, Andrew, last episode, you, you seemed to be uh, enamoured with a certain event in history. Particularly when I mentioned the year you sang a little jingle. Do you want okay. to sing it for us again? Oh eight hundred double oh ten sixty six. Are we going to get uh, pulled up for copyright? No, because that's just a jingle. That's that's genuine. I I believe that's fine. We're oh. just talking about free, free. It's fair use. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So the year ten sixty six. What happened? The Battle of Hastings. What other things happened in that year? I genuinely don't know. You just thought like, there was a battle. Literally, I knew there was a battle. I knew it was between two, as far as I'm aware, of, of two parties. I mean, typically wars are more than one party. Um, generally, yes. Generally. Um, Do you know who they were? Do you know who the two commanders were? I can't remember. Were? This was back in year eight. <clears throat> um, and what I remember about that was that I built a model scale of a castle... That's all I remember. What year was that, sorry? Year eight. Year eight. What did I do in year eight in history? Hmm. That is the question. I honestly can't remember. I can't even remember who my teacher was. I'm really sorry. I don't like my history teacher. teacher. She made fun of me a I lot. think it might have been Mrs. Hook. She was my nice history lady. teacher was also my Welsh teacher. I thought you were going to say my history teacher was also my wife. <laughs> my history teacher was also my wife. Well, you're my no. history teacher now. I'm not your wife. <laughs> Unfortunately I for you. I love that. Just straight up, you look at me. I am not your wife. <laughs> All right. There so was less, less concern in my voice. Yes. Now, I'm going to take you back. Bas- basically, the whole, the whole of this episode is going to uh, centre around one year. where 1066. Uh, just happened. 1066. Now, obviously, fact-checking is a lot more difficult uh, when things happened 951 years ago. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't really think yeah. about that. Hitler and the Nazis happened in the 20th century, and there are actual records of people who were you know, there at the time. People are still alive. Yeah. No one's alive from, from 1066. So that we know the, of. The main document that we have, documents that we have recording this, are the, uh, the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles. And also written by dead people. The, the, the numerous Norwegian sagas. Um, and uh, the, the biggest one, the Biotapestry. Have you heard of the Bio-Tapestry? No. So the Bio-Tapestry, believe it or not, is a tapestry that was made by nuns in Bio. Oh, okay. Because it just sounds like a, a hipster's ego-friendly uh, Basically, tapestry. it's supposed to be like a big uh, painting, but it's, it was woven, of um, the, the events of 1066 and uh, William the Conqueror's okay. rise to power. Yep. So, before 1066... I think from 1042, but again, don't quote me on that. Uh, the King of England was a gentleman called Edward the Confessor, the House of Wessex. What is it about people and these last names? Like Alexander the Great? Oh, he was just up himself a little bit. And not, well, Maybe. not just that, just like blah, 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 the unconquerable and. Who was called the un- un- Unvincible, invincible, that's the one. Um, well, what, what? what is it with. The their names. I'll give you an interesting nickname for someone in a minute now. RJ the Annoying. No, not you. I'm, I'm, that's, okay. that's a genuine nickname in, in my notes here. So Edward the Confessor was a, a saintly man, uh, a God-fearing man, yep. as most people were in this day and age. Um, and he, everything was stable in England. It was one of the richest countries in Europe. 
Um, it was really advancing quite nicely as far as 11th century technology well, was concerned. Yeah. You know, agriculture was doing well. No one was really out of pocket too much. Obviously, there were extremely poor people because they're always extremely popular. But on the 6th of January, 1066, he th Edward threw that uh, into absolute disarray and chaos. Do you know what he did? Battle of Hastings? No. What did, what did Edward the Confessor do? I don't know. He confessed. died. He died. Oh. oh, I thought he confessed. No, he died without leaving a son and heir. <gasps> oh, everything up in the air, bro. The bastard. So obviously, when, when a king dies without leaving a, a named heir or successor, this, yeah. is, this starts something called the succession crisis. It wasn't really a crisis, but there were four main claimants to the throne. Do you know any of their names, RJ? Uh, 10, 66, Battle, and Hastings. That is correct, Arjun. You win the game. <laughs> Woo! What are you doing? No, that is obviously completely incorrect. Yeah, I, I don't think you understand the name of the show here, my friend. <laughs> I don't know anything about history. Well, you're about to learn some more. Oh! That's where a suitable jingle will be able to play. Yeah, okay, so the first claimant... Mm-hmm. Um, was, I say a gentleman, he was about 15 years old, called Edgar the Atheling. To be fair, back in this day and age, 15 might as well have been 30. Yeah, that's true. There was another the, there they go, there's another the name, Edgar the Atheling. Uh, Edgar the Atheling's claim on the English throne was uh, based on the fact that he was an Anglo-Saxon prince. Okay. Uh, he was the great nephew of uh, Edward the Confessor. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1057, Edward the Confessor had named Edgar's father to be his heir. However, his father had died under suspicious circumstances before oh. he could take the crown. And so this left Edgar, who is a fairly distant relation of Edward the Confessor, um, to be to have a claim on the throne. Um, so, so basically, Edgar's claim came out of the fact that he was a blood relative of the current king. Yeah. The the second was a gentleman called Harold Hardrada, Norwegian. The King of Norway, as That sounds fact. like a character from Big Hero 6. Well, maybe that was the inspiration. Harold Hardrada. <laughs> Hardrada, or in, in uh, Norwegian or Norse, as it was at the time, means hard ruler. He was a, you know, he was a ferocious warrior. Yep. Um, he was the King of Norway. Now, his father, Magnus, the king before him, uh, was promised the throne by the last... Viking king, because between uh, 1016, I believe, and 1042, England was ruled by Danish Vikings. Yeah, King Knut the Great. King Knut. Uh, there were others, but the the last of the Viking kings was... Uh, How is Knut's name, like, written down? C-N-U-T. <laughs> Are you lying? RJ, compose yourself. Are you lying to I'm me? I'm not. I'm not. You're lying telling to me you. the truth of history that C this man's name can be mistaken for something else. Because I hear Knut, and I was just like, "Are you just trying to say nut?" No, it's it's specifically pronounced Knut or Knut. If you prefer Knut the Great, let's pretend this didn't happen. Carry on. Okay, and so the <laughs> the last Viking king was called Harthaknut. Carry on, I'm they, just... I'm not yeah, gonna... <laughs> RJ, they got funny names, all right? Okay. What, it's a thousand years ago and they were Norwegian. 
Leave Norwegians out of this. I'm going to Norway tomorrow. Oh, well, there you go. It's a nice little bit of history for you. You can talk about Knut the Great and Hartlik with all your new Norwegian friends. I have enough Norwegian friends. Oh, I'm oh, fine. I'll call them all Knuts. <laughs> <laughs> Magnus, the father of Harald Hadrada, who was the king before him, was promised the throne. Was named as the heir by Harthaknut, the last Danish king. However, for some reason or other, it, it, history has not recorded it that particularly well. Um, Edward the Confessor, Magnus's uh, half brother, in fact, uh, inherited the throne instead of Harald Hadrada. So he 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 thought he should have a, a claim on the throne based on that. Okay. Um, the third and probably the most well, the second most well known let's say, was a gentleman called Harold Godwinson. That's a much more easy name for you. No no jumbled up swear words in there. Harold Godwinson. Harold Godwinson was an Anglo-Saxon, so he was a native of England at the time. Yep. Um, he was in very good favour with all the English lords. I think he was, in fact, the brother-in-law of two of the uh, foremost English lords. Mm -hmm. He was the Earl of Wessex. Uh, Edward the Confessor was generally the king far too busy um with his religious pursuits to actually be the king so uh harold godwinson ruled in his stead for quite a lot and was one of his chief advisors harold godwinson was for a time if you like the hand of the king it's a game of thrones reference if anyone doesn't doesn't know it he was he's he's like ned stark rip oh, i'm that far in spoilers like, I'm sorry, if someone spoils Game of Thrones for me, I'm on season three as a heads up. If someone spoils it for me, it's my own damn fault because it's been seven years. Supposedly, Harold Godwinson <laughs> was uh, promised the throne by Edward the Confessor who, uh, while Edward was on his deathbed. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a, that's a fair... Yeah. Yeah. And finally, William, the Duke of Normandy. Oh. At this time, do you know what he was referred to as? A dick. You're close. Oh! <laughs> he was called William the Bastard. Oh. Or en français. That more puts him in the Jon Snow En français, Guillaume le Bâtard. Or just Guillaume Bâtard. Do you know why they called him William the Bastard? Because he was a bastard. When you say a bastard, what do you mean? Because he was like, not of the mother of the... Not a wed parent, essentially. Now, we don't know, actually. Oh. But I like to think that uh, they called him William the Bastard because he was just a bastard. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, well, it depends on how, what the word was used for back then. Like now, we, don't, we just use it. For, it like, it, you're a bastard. And I'm kidding, you're thank not you. a bastard. I love you to pieces, bro. It, you, you're certainly right, though. Um, everyone obviously spoke different languages. Even Old English was c completely unrecognisable from the language we speak today. Mm -hmm. So... Old, like old French language would have been completely different. Also, the nickname I was going to mention to you, uh, Harold Hadrada was known as the Thunderbolt of the North. Oh my God, that's amazing. I bet if he was alive today, he'd have a Thunderbolt tattooed on his right arm and a, his car would be thundercharged and he'd be all about Apple products. <laughs> Why? Because uh, they use Thunderbolt. Oh, and like lightning and things like that. So anyway, yeah. the job of deciding who who was supposed to... Uh... Oh, no, you know, there's more about William's claim. Let me talk about oh, that. Oh, okay, okay. 
Uh, okay. William the Bastard had the backing of the Pope as well. So the Pope was like, yeah, let's, let's spread Christianity. Because there was still quite a lot of uh, Norse religion, followers of the Norse religion in, in England at the time. Yeah. Uh, and apparently, this is, this is the shadiest part, we don't know about this, Harold Godwin allegedly swore an oath to William the, uh, William the Bastard mm-hmm. uh, on holy relics. Ooh. So William came in with the backing of God. Now, Arjay, have you ever heard the phrase, history is written by the victors? Yes, I have. Well, spoiler alert. It was, it was written by William. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so whether or not this actually happened is a point uh, of contention. It is, it is recorded in the bio-tapestry. However, the bio-tapestry was uh, woven... After the after ten sixty six, so he can kind of basically say what he wants. This is well. To be fair, history will be written by the newspapers, so Murdoch will be. Oh, here's the political bell. Ding ding ding. Ding 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 ding. ding, ding, ding. Carry on. There was a king's council in England at the time called the Witten. Mm-hmm. Personally, when I say it, I like to put a nice hard H in there. The Witten. There isn't an H. It's just the Witten. They were the king's council. Um, upon the king's death, if there was no clear heir, they were the people who would choose the king. Now, Arjun, who would you have chosen? Um, so here's the thing. Clearly, the bastard, if he's more like a Jon Snow kind of bastard, go for a Jon, uh, go for the Jon Snow. Uh, the 15-year-old, he's the, like, biologically... Yes, the he's age, biologically, so. he's the closest to everything. <sighs> I'll pick him. I personally would have picked Harold Hadrada. Why Harold Hadrada? His nickname was the Thunderbolt of the North. I no, think. but here's the thing. He's the Thunderbolt of the North. You don't, like, like, fucking, I'm not mixing this shit. Like, he can stay the Thunderbolt of the North. Like, he can stay on his level. He was already the King of Norway as well, to be fair. He doesn't need to but be more. But he, he just like, sounds like a, Thunderbolt a of the North. pretty badass guy. Yeah, but you still, know? I want to keep things relatively sane and tame. So you like, would have picked either William or Edgar. So here's the thing. As I said, if he was a Jon Snow type, which he wasn't, more than like... I'm like 99.9% sure he wasn't. But if he is a Jon Snow type, I'd go Jon Snow. So they picked the one guy we haven't mentioned. Um, they picked, picked Harold the Godwinson. Okay. To be the king. God dang. He was crowned king on the same day as Edward the Confessor had his funeral. It was a hurried coronation because they knew there would be uprising from other claimants and pretenders um, if they didn't get on with it. Oh, my God. So, Harold was a, a fairly popular king, but he had a tumultuous reign and a very difficult reign because he was basically just trying to establish himself as the king. He, he could not rest easy. He was expecting um, uh, an invasion from the south by, by William, the Duke of Normandy, at any moment. So, he posted troops on the south coast of England to stop William. Yep. Now, William couldn't actually sail um, to England because of the northerly winds. Northerly winds means they come from the north. It always confuses me. Northern winds? Northern winds. It means they're coming north, which means sailing south is easier. Yeah. It always confuses me. So there's a northerly wind, which would have made it very difficult to sail across uh, La Manche, as the French call it, the, uh, the English Channel. Yeah. So they, they didn't do anything. The Norman army, uh, brought together by William, didn't, didn't do anything. They just 
It's that tight. However, this, the northerly wind did help another army. What's north of Britain, RJ? India? But that was one time I told you that was four years ago. That's on a different podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, that was an episode of Cup RJ, which I admitted. Subscribe to Cup RJ. Yeah, so not only do I not know much about history, geography is kind of a bewilderment to me. Should we do another one called IDK Geography? No, oh my god, let's not turn this into him. What's north of Britain? Britain? Antarctica? Like Greenland. If you keep going far like, enough, yes. Like, what do you mean north? Like straight north? Because there's not really much there if you go straight north. All right, sort of. What? what so is, there's no What way, is further north? Poland. Po- Poland. It's like, it's like I don't know. It's Poland's like east, east and south. Uh, it, okay. It's like that way to Rick- from Norway. So I'm going kind of north. It's not east from us. Yes, it is. Okay. Directly. Oh God. It's, it's east and a little bit south. Regardless. From us. I thought it was a bit north. No, it's next to Germany. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. I'm just across across the sea. I've never been to Poland. I'm not that big of a fan of going to... Not that I'm against Poland, but, like, come on, guys. Well, speaking of history, plenty of people have been against Poland in the past. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. I'm not a Hitler. I'm not saying you're Hitler. You don't don't want to go to Poland. Hitler really wanted to go to Poland. (laughs) Anyway, we're, we're going on for a big tangent. So... There's also Greenland and Iceland. You've mentioned Norway already. Okay. Yeah. Who's king of Norway, RJ? Thunderbolt McGee. Thunderbolt McGee, Harald Hadrada. Yes, Harald Hadrada sent his troops, uh, an army of about 10,000 men yep. on 300 ships. Okay. Sailed uh, down on these northerly winds and landed on the northeast coast of England. Cool. With, guess who, RJ? The 15-year-old bro? No. <gasps> who? Harold Godwinson, the king of England's brother. <gasps> That was actual shock. <laughs> yeah, his name is his name was Tostig. Like this is a, a reasonable point to put. Dun dun dun. So, dun dun dun. Tostig was Harold Godwinson's brother. He was the former Earl of Northumbria. Yeah. But he was a bit barbaric and a bit harsh, and his taxes were too high, and he was a bit, a bit of a horrible Earl. So like. So in order um, to go on. What's his face from Robin Hood? The sheriff of Nottingham. No, well, no, he the sheriff wasn't like he was taking King, the taxes. King John. King John. Hmm? Who is played by? Was he like a dog in the in the animated? He's a one? tiger, not a lion. It's a lion. They're all they're all no. They're, Richard they're the Lionheart's lions. a lion. No, but so is his brother. They're brothers. That would make sense. He yeah. So he was um, Tostig, the Earl of Northumbria, the former Earl of Northumbria, was uh, dismissed so that uh, Harold could curry favour with the, the his remaining lords. Okay. A gentleman called Morcar was named the Earl of Northumbria. He was the brother of Edwin. The Earl of Mercia. Mm. These are old um, English counties and provinces that don't exist anymore. Had a feeling. Yeah. I was like, that sounds vaguely British, but not in existence. Mm. Like so, us being in the EU. Ding, ding, ding. Go ding, on. Ding. Harold Tadrana's invasion uh, came down the Humber Estuary. Do you know the Humber Estuary? No. Uh, and he, he landed, he sailed down the River Ouse, he landed and he st- began marching north towards York. I know what that is. You do know what York is. York's been, um, the, York's been, dif- uh, ugh. York's had a lot of difficulty with Viking invasions. Uh, during the great heathen army invasion of eight, 867 AD, York was uh, taken by uh, Halfton Fitzurk. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know who and that is. And he was, he was very, it's, yeah, he's been hit hard by Vikings constantly. And they uh, plundered and pillaged and, but eventually Morcar, the Duke of Northumbria, the Earl of Northumbria, I should say, and Edwin, the Earl of Mercia, the two northern lords, yep. uh, gathered their army, an army of about half the size, four and a half thousand men. Mm-hmm. They marched up to meet Harold Hadrada. Now, this is one of the first, this is one of the, the most important battles of 1066. This is one they won't teach you in school, generally. It's called the Battle of Fulford. I think that's right. Okay. Fulford. Fulford. An area called Fulford. They marched up and they met on either side of uh, a tributary to the River Ouse. Yeah. Or a beck. Can also be called. Called Germany Beck. I don't know where the name comes from. Comes from the uh, singer Beck. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the guitarist Jeff Beck. Both born about 900 years too late. Or the beer Beck. Beck. Continue. Um, it was... It, it, <laughs> It was an unwinnable battle, really. So, uh, Hadrada, the Thunderbolt of the North, gave Tostig, Harold Gobinson's brother, it's a lot of characters, a lot of intrigue in this. It's, like, it's just like a proper Game of Thrones, isn't it? <laughs> this is, this is a Game of Thrones. Uh, let, let his uh, least experienced warriors uh, go to one side of the back and form like a wall, uh, a line on one side of the back, while Morkar and Edwin's troops were on the other side. Yeah. Now, they couldn't immediately fight each other because obviously they were rushing waters, but eventually the, uh, the back subsided and they did begin to fight each other. Now, it was a fairly even battle. It was difficult terrain, those sorts of things, but uh, Hadrada took the rest of his more experienced men and essentially there was a pincer movement. They formed a pincer and smashed into Morkar and Eben's troops, uh, utterly vanquishing them. They say about... Do you know what was horrible? They say that as the Anglo-Saxon armies retreated, uh, many of them didn't get away because they were hurled into the marshy dike and uh, so that the Vikings could get a better grip on the ground. Because instead of, instead, of, oh, instead of running on the marshland, they could use corpses as solid ground. Oh my... That's how many, that's how many people died. Vikings were, were proper, like, barbaric, like... Yeah. They didn't take any prisoners. Oh, they, they did take prisoners, as we're about to find out. But it's a figure of speech. Okay. So the Battle of Fulford was a decisive victory for the Vikings. So you think, maybe this is swinging. Maybe is going to become the King of England. Yeah. And we're going to have a new line of Norwegian kings. Right. So, Tostig and Hardrada uh, were promised hostages in order to strengthen their position from the Northern Lords. Okay. 150 noble hostages. They were told that this exchange, because they were going to be given some hostages in exchange for some other, uh, other hostages. They were told that this was going to happen at a place called Stamford Bridge. <laughs> now, it sounds like a place you just meet up for like, oh, where should we meet up for lunch? Uh, yeah, meet me on Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge. We'll go to Nando's, do, you know, do you know what else Stamford Bridge is? What? Currently. Stamford Bridge is the name of the stadium where Chelsea Football Club play their home games. I knew I recognised the friggin' name! Yeah, Stamford Bridge. Good. This episode is being sponsored by Coca-Cola Vanilla. Coke Vanilla, it's the best. Try it with rum sometime, if you good things. Or just by itself. <clears throat> so, yeah, Tostig and Hardrada 
went to, went there to Stamford Bridge, awaiting their promised hostages. They didn't take any armor. Mm-hmm. They marched back to their ships where they'd left a reserve of men, and they took their armor off. Uh, they didn't have shields. They didn't have anything. All they had were like helmets and swords and axes, and they were just chilling, sort of going, "Ha ha! Look how great we are." That's kind of dick. And then move over the horizon. What do you think they saw, RJ? The northerly winds. Well, the southerly winds. Oh, okay. Um, Harold Godwinson, the King of England, had uh, sallied an army and marched up Wait, a 15-year-old boy? No, that's Edgar. Sorry. He's not the king. I'm really bad at names. Harold. Harold Godwinson. faces. The former Earl of Wessex. This guy's like... HBO, when Game of Thrones is over, can you turn this into a series just so it makes my life easier? Carry on. Probably is a series, right? This guy was 44 at the time. That's, you know, he's, a, that's he's, a decent he's life. He's done man. well for the 11th century. Uh, this enormous army of about maybe 20,000 men, 20,000 Englishmen, marched up north uh, and attacked a group of men that were pretty much had, had no defenses. Prior to the battle, this is one of the most badass things that's ever happened in history, by the way. <laughs> Harold Godwinson yeah. tried to get Tostig to join his side after. Uh, he's, um, Hardrada sent Tostig as a rider to meet okay. with Harold's camp. Yep. Harold Godwinson said, Tostig, come back over to my side, bring some of your men. I'll give you back the earldom of Northumbria. We can, we can reconcile. You can be my brother again. Tostig said, fine, we'll stand down. What are you going to give Hardrada? What lands are you going to give Hardrada? What do you think okay. Harold Godwinson said? I don't know. Harold Goblinson said, seven feet of land for a grave. <gasps> that, oh! <laughs> I really hope he said that, and it's not one of those situations where it's just like, damn it, you know what I should have said? Should have said this. We'll write it in the history books, it's fine. This is, this is um, in both the Anglo-Saxon Chronicles and the Viking Chronicles, the, Nor- the Norwegian Chronicles. So, and, like, they're both, like, upon reading, they're both, like, really fair to either side. Like, everyone's like, oh, the Vikings were very heroic, and they fought very bravely, and the Viking Chronicle says the same thing about the Anglo-Saxons. Oh, okay. It's just a shame none of them, none of them did very well. Well, I guess British people and Norwegian people are pretty, like, chill on most things. So, again, whether or not this is true or not, I don't know. But there was said to be a, a, a half-naked Viking berserker stood on a narrow bridge across... There was obviously rivers. There were always rivers. One thing I know about the, 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 the phrase going berserk is it, it comes from the vikings berserkers um so that is why going berserk means what it does because of berserkers i know that from a tweet i saw once rj davis ladies and gentlemen you can beep out your last name if you want that's fine <laughs> there was a, a viking berserker on the bridge holding off this entire 20,000-strong army by himself. A very narrow bridge. Yeah. They said he killed 40, 40 of, of Harold's house cars, which were like elite troops, before a cunning soldier crept underneath the bridge, through the slats of the bridge, stabbed him with a spear. Oh! <laughs> I know, right? The army of the, of the Anglo-Saxons then descended upon the Vikings, and you can imagine where this is going to go. It's an army twice the size. They formed shield walls. That was a proper old Anglo-Saxon technique. Yep. Just marched forward. Just slew everyone. Harold Hadrada slain. Tostig was slain. 
They sent the riders back to the ships to get those reserve troops that I talk, talk, um, talked yeah. to you about earlier. It's too little, too late. The battle was won. Is Thunderbolt okay? No, he's dead. Oh. He's dead. His son Olaf was actually in the battle as well. Um, he gave himself up to Harold Godwinson. And yeah. Godwinson said, he showed him mercy. He said, no, if, as long as you swear an oath of loyalty to me and yeah. promise that this will never happen again, yeah. we can be friends. And you can go back to Norway and, and take up your place as king. That's all right. And he did. And basically, after hundreds of years of difficulty with Vikings, and even like a, a Viking being the king of England for quite some time, um, that, was, that was the end of Viking raids. On England. So weird. Yeah. That would make such a good HBO show. Wouldn't it? That would be amazing. Is that everything? Or are we going post? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That's, uh, that's just the Battle of Stamford Bridge. That's season one, that's the That's, that's the season second... one. No, I think season one would just be like the whole succession thing. Okay. You know? So what season are we on now? That's the end of season two. Oh, boy. Now, season three... What do you think happened? Sam's outside of the the white wall. Oh, the yes. white walkers are walking. What, oh what do you think God. happened, RJ? So, <laughs> what natural phenomenon do you think changed the course of history? Um, uh, I don't know. Remember I talked about those northern winds before? Oh, okay. The winds changed, my friend. <sighs> All right. And William the Bastard planned his invasion. No! Sailed across the English Channel no! with 30,000 men on 300 ships. I've literally got the same reaction as I do during every fucking betrayal in Game of Thrones yeah. right now. Yeah. Landed in Pevensey. Marched yeah. across. To where? Over to... Where did he march to? Over to Norway. I shall... No, he landed in England. Sorry, wait. Say that again. I, I was too in shock. Wait. Wait. Normally, when an army boards... Uh, well, arrives on land, uh, they march inland towards cities. Yeah. It's the same thing that Hadrada did. He landed, uh, sailed down the River Ouse. He landed, he, they marched towards York. Yeah. Now, what William the Bastard did, because William was... He went to towns, didn't he? He went to villages William the Bastard was one of the, smart, one of the smartest military commanders of his time, so they say. Okay. He landed in a place called Pevensey, which I believe is in modern-day Kent. Okay. And uh, that's where, the, the, where, where Wessex is. Okay. What um, old-timey Wessex is called. Um, Harold Godwinson, before he became King of England, was the Earl of Wessex. So in order to draw him out, uh, he, he burned and pillaged the earldom. Yeah. Before marching across to a much more defensible position in the town of... I don't know what you're pointing at me. In yeah. the town of... Kent. Kent. Kent's County. In the town of... I don't know. Come on, RJ, you know this. No, I don't. This is why I failed history. Hastings. Oh, okay. Okay. Hastings. <laughs> so we're getting to the battle now. You march to Hastings. I wasn't expecting to be at the battle and yet. Of I was expecting that next season. Carry we're, we're, on. This is next season. We're in next season. We're in season... I'm just season giving you the plot synopsis I was now. thinking it was season four. Who would you have play William the Bastard? William the Bastard. Joffrey. Oh, Jack Leeson. No, he's retired from acting. Oh, fuck! Um, who do I hate? Like, not, not hate. Who's a very good actor to hate? I've got to, give me a sec. Right. Carry on. So, Harold Godwinson, after marching six, well, three, 300 kilometers, 600 kilometers in like five days, he marched a long way, a long way, from London all the way up to Stamford Bridge. Marched all the way back down, raised another army. 
march down to Hastings to meet William, Duke the of Normandy. The guy who plays Hannibal. Mads Mikkelsen? Yeah. He would be good. I thought you were talking about Sir Anthony Hopkins. <laughs> He's a bit old at this point. So while Harold Godwinson commanded probably the strongest Anglo-Saxon army that ever existed. Okay. With the House Carls, who were his elite troops, and who was called, um, what was also called the Third, basically the, the levy troops from yep. the surrounding counties, who were just like bread and butter soldiers, you know? Yeah. They marched on to... Hastings with him. You know, I think it's time to take a little break. I was going to take a break between the succession and the actual battles, but I just went into it because I love, I love ten sixty. Gives you a little, so good. gives you a little uh, spice. This is one of the first things thing, right. you learn in high school history. Like in year seven, we did the Battle of Hastings. See, I didn't know much of this. Part. Well, they glaze, they gloss over so much of it as well. Yeah, like history in schools doesn't seem to be like actual history. Like if you told it from a perspective of this, like I'm enjoying this yep. i'm like this is like game of thrones in which as well as we said multiple times that because number one it is a game of thrones and not only that it's it's being real about what happens mm. and people like seem to hide a lot of history because like oh the children can't hear that mm. just teach them because otherwise you end up with people like me that don't, have know, anything a, don't know anything about history rj i'm glad you're enjoying this this particular podcast if you're enjoying this podcast feel free <laughs> to give us a rating leave a comment and subscribe to I Don't Know History. You can also subscribe to uh, many other uh, podcasts, brilliant podcasts available on, on the Podmage network. Yeah, it's launching on the 1st of October, October. podmage.com. It's currently in its testing platform. We are testing little bugs and such out. Uh, sorry, I have to say this because it's I'm the IT guy and the marketing guy for Podmage. And yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it to launch. So well, The podcasts coming from Podmage are RhymeQuest, Book Club... Uh, Mosonsen. Yes. Kaparaje. Kaparaje. Of course, Kaparaje. How could I forget? I don't know history. I don't know history. And there's some more that keep on coming. There's yep. going to be some fictional ones currently in development. Uh, we're excited to bring all this together for you. See, this is what I love about history. What? If it's, if it's taught correctly, it can be so enthralling. I know. Like it, yeah. You just said because I like you saw you heard last episode. That I was like, this is really exhausting. This is really draining. Uh-huh. But that's still an emotional response. It's empathy. It's understanding and learning. Yeah. And currently, I'm like on the edge of my seat on this betrayal, on this fighting, this family feud. Yeah. And it's so dope. It's a lot more fast paced. Um, it's human so, as well. So it's World so War, human. World War Two is a bit a bit difficult, and you get bogged down in oh political intrigue and. Yeah, anti-Semitism, and uh, it's just very sad, very sad. But the Battle of Hastings, while being sad because you obviously like support a certain group and you like Anglo-Saxons, and everyone goes, "Oh, Celtic pride," even though we're all actually French now. Um, <laughs> it's still interesting, and you still don't know what's going to happen. And there's twists and turns. How far and... back are we French? Say that. Sorry. Ten sixty-six. Ten sixty-six. That's yeah. when we became French. Okay. So, because I th- can we do Welsh the next episode? The the. Wow, yeah, did you, not, did you not want to get Davs involved? Well, uh, I do. I'm going to put a message to him and see if he's available in two weeks. Time. All right, cool. Yes, we'll do that. Cool. But we will con- we will uh, strive Continue. on. So, something I forgot to mention. William was obviously the Duke of Normandy. Have you ever been to Normandy? Um, no. Do you know where Normandy is? No. <laughs> Normandy is in the north of France. Uh, Normandy uh, I've was actually also me- was also actually mentioned um, last last episode. 
because that is where the Americans landed uh, yeah. the D-Day, the 6th of June 1944, the invasion of France, the invasion of Germany. Yeah. They landed on the Normandy beaches. Mm-hmm. William was the Duke of Normandy a, a thousand years earlier, 880 years earlier. Yeah. So it all ties in. And also, hey, you know, last time was the 2nd of September that we yeah. recorded the podcast, mm-hmm. and it was um, something like 72 years to the day yeah. that World War II ended. Yeah, something like that. Do you know when the Battle of Stamford Bridge happened? <sighs> 951 years ago. The 23rd of September, this Sunday. Is it 951 years? This Saturday, even. Is it 51 years? Yeah, 951 yeah, okay. years, but pretty much exactly to the day. Well, this episode the 23rd comes out of on September. Friday. Um, oh, well, there you go. So, what, are you saying the 21st of September, are you saying? No, it came out. The, uh, the Battle of Stamford Bridge happened on the twenty third, which is the twenty third, this Saturday. Which is this Saturday, and this episode will be up on the twenty second. So happy Battle of the Battle of Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge. Battle of Hastings happened a few a few days later. A few days later. So, do you know? What? I might try and do this. I might try and theme them towards the date because <laughs> it's happened fortuitously so far. So, well, history happens a lot, my friends. As we said last time, history is just a record of everything that's ever happened. Uh, let's get back into it. All history. So, the Battle of Hastings. What happened to the Battle of Hastings? Who won? Um, Don't look at my notes. <laughs> the Battle of Hastings, who You're won? You're literally like cheating Mr. in the exam. <laughs> I'm not even really looking. That's the thing. Oh, no. You, it's, it's, it's bled through the other side of the paper. You can still see it. Mr. 1066 himself won. Hastings Insurance. Harry Hastings? Harry Hastings. No. That's a fictional character. Joffrey. Joffrey Baratheon, also a fictional character. Tyrion. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) So upon arriving in the Battle of Hastings, Harold and his army uh, set themselves up on a hill called Senlac Hill. Okay. William had something that was unseen by British forces. Now, the geography of France and England obviously plays into this. England has a lot of hills and forests and things like that. France is a, is a very flat land. I don't know if you've ever been there and driven across. You can see for miles and miles. It's just farming when you drive across. It's lovely. So William had cavalry, about 2,000 cavalry. Yeah. And archers, multiple archers, who had not really been combined into the, into the, the armies in, yep. uh, in Anglo-Saxon Britain. They also, he also had crossbows, which something that Anglo-Saxons had never even seen. And you could, you could have archers... You can have crossbowmen, completely untrained. Yep. Just be like, here you go, mate. Shoot that. I should be. Whereas right. a, a longbow or even a shortbow took a lot more training to get accurate. I really want to go to an archery place and learn how to do that. It's really hard. No, but I re- still want to do it. I know, but it's. I did it one time when I was in year seven. We got on a little like sort of. Yeah, well, you were in year seven. It was. It was. not going to pick that up. It was mega hard. It was so hard. Actually, Arya Stark took. Quite a while to figure out sword. She did. You're getting bogged down with Game of Thrones. Archie. Dude, I'm so excited to keep watching season three, and you've given me this. Of course, I'm freaking out. I would like a series of this, to be honest with you. Yeah, this. Is, I'd have like. I really would. I'd have some big scary man, Stellan Skarsgård. would play Harold Hadron. I would love to just find whatever BBC customer service number that I could find and be like, as soon as they answer, they go hello. Make Battle of Hastings into a series, and then hang up. Just that. So the Battle of Hastings began almost as a stalemate. No one could really make any leverage. Yeah. Um, William found it very ineffective to charge uphill with his cavalry, yeah. which is 
you know, it's a, it's a typical thing. Against spears as well, the long and the Anglo-Saxon shield wall was in full, full effect. Um, but again, he was a master strategist. And the way he won the battle, so he fired an arrow volley, but not he personally. Yeah. Um, there was an arrow, arrow volley sent up and the housecarls, who were protecting Harold Goblinson, mm-hmm. raised their shields up to protect themselves from the arrow volley. And then the cavalry charged in. Cut them all down. Genius. Military genius. Mm -hmm. There were some rumblings during the battle, in fact, that uh, William the Bastard had been slain. Now, some historians think that this was a clever ploy by William. Okay. Spread the word of his own death. Yeah. Maybe decrease a bit of morale for his troops. Then he showed up, took off his helmet and went, Now I'm good. (laughs) Morale boost immediately. Okay. Um, as soon as the house cars, Harold Goblinson's Harold Goblinson's house cars were routed, it became, it was it was academic. You know, William had a bigger army, a better trained army. Yeah. Harold Goblinson had the advantage of of knowing the terrain, but you know his it's best his best enough. fighters yeah. were gone. Um, he, he, he also unfortunately fell in the battle. He was shot oh. in the eyeball. Oh god. By an arrow. Of course. Which is. Uh, he didn't have the foresight. Depicted. Thank you very much. It's depicted in the in the bio tapestry. If you ever get to see the bio tapestry in person, uh, do it. It's an incredible piece, piece of, of tapestry. Piece of tapestry. I haven't I haven't had the the luxury of seeing it myself. Okay. But I'd really love to. So with Harold Goblinson's death, the battle was all but over. Um, unfortunately, Battle of Hastings was won in, in you know about a day. Okay. Now, despite the fact that he had killed the King of England in battle. Yeah. William, Duke of Normandy, did not automatically become king. It's not how it works. You still had the old Anglo-Saxon traditions in place. You still had all the old Anglo-Saxon lords who were thinking, oh, we're not gonna gonna let this fella get away with it. The Witten, remember I talked about the Witten before? Yeah. The Lordly Council still had to decide who became king. Now, they were going to crown the wee 15-year-old boy, Edgar the Atheling. Mm. Some historians claim that they did, in fact, crown Edgar. William knew he wasn't going to get the Witten to, to crown him king. Okay. So he marched on London. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, right, <laughs> hey, guys, crown me. I be the king. And, of course, the Witten acquiesced. Like, what are they going to do? There's an army of 20,000 men. <laughs> if they don't do it, he's just going just to take the crown. Yeah. So... William was crowned king on Christmas Day, 1066. Harold Godwinson, right, reigned from the 6th of January to the 25th of December. There's so much written about him in the Battle of Hastings in this tumultuous time. Less than a year. He was king less than a year. What, did he die? Yeah, he died in the Battle of Hastings. Oh, okay. That's when I said fell. It's it's just a nice way of saying. No, no, no. The way that that you say crown Christmas Day, I I got slightly confused. Sorry, William. Um, William, the Duke of Normandy, was crowned king of England on Christmas Day. Yeah. What did he become known as? Um, He was no longer William the Bastard. He was William the Wimpy. William the Conqueror. You must have heard of William the Conqueror. Yes, I have. There you go. It's just this guy. It's called William the Conqueror because he conquered. He conquered England. God diggity dang. That was. A, There's, there is more, RJ, but would you like to say something? Just, would you like to add your thoughts and feelings? I'm just like, crown on Christmas Day. Like, everything. I'm imagining the scenes. 
guys, can we just get Battle of Hastings as a show? Mm. Like a good show. It'll I'm be really check. good. There's got to be a good... It probably is. Like I an could see, underestimated I could see show. like a sort of... Like Clive Owen being in it, maybe? Clive Owen. That's King Arthur. I'm just thinking of King Arthur. <laughs> and then uh, Ray Winston as Harold Hadrada. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to check. Battle of Hastings uh, TV show. Because there must be just one called Hastings... Like I swear, there's a TV show just called Hastings, and BBC, the BBC would make it. Like, Probably. This is uh, BBC Two, ten sixty six. Uh, documentary. Yeah, three part drama documentary. See, drama documentary though. So like that would be dramatization kind of thing. Yeah, all this, all that. But I want a fictional one. The ten sixty six battle for Melia. The battle for Middle Earth. What? It's Lord of the Rings, isn't it? <laughs> Essentially. Um, Anglo-Saxon names over the period of time. He knows that J.R.R. Tolkien, an Oxford professor of Anglo-Saxon, used it, along with other Anglo-Saxon words for the same reasons. But Lord it doesn't look like there has been a drama production produced of the Battle of Hastings, unfortunately. This is annoying! So, after 1066, the Battle of Hastings, William has been crowned king. Do you remember those two fellas I talked to you, I talked to you about before, Morcar and Edwin? Yeah. Brothers, Northern Lords? Yep. They weren't going to take that. Oh, shit. They rose up in rebellion. Nice. Um, needless to say, this is like the is this the penultimate episode of a Game of Thrones series where th this where the shit hits the fan and then yeah. the episode after. Yeah, there were rebellions, bloody rebellions. Mm -hmm. um, William went up there and burned and pillaged and sorted everything out and took these two as hostages. Okay. Again, oh, I I think Edwin was slain. Mm -hmm. Edwin was killed in some, one of these battles. Morcar was taken as a hostage. This, refer, this was, was, was uh, later referred to as the harrying of the north. Okay. He just went and sorted out the north and went, look, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough. And they submitted and he, he gained the north. And, uh, you know, the rest, the rest soon followed. The rest is history. <clears throat> the rest, as they say, is history. There, there is, he, in order to cement his hold, Mm-hmm. He built a lot of castles, yeah. What are called Mott and Bailey Castle. So a Mott and Bailey Castle is a big keep mm -hmm. or castle, if you like, built on top of a big mound of earth. Yep. They make uh, surrounded by like a either a, either a dry moat, like a ditch, or an actual moat and a ring wall. Yep. There's generally what's called the Bailey outside, which is the town. Mm -hmm. uh, William's own keep. I can't remember where it was. Was a Mott and Bailey Castle. Yeah, a lot of these were. Laid I know about these castles. A lot of these were later replaced with stone keeps. I'm sure there are certain castles that you can go and, and see, like, there's the outer wall, and then you go see a big mound of earth and a, a, a keep on the top. I can't think of any offhand, because none of the ones in Wales are... Like that, really? Like that, really, I don't think. We keep bars on top of a typically very large hill, or mm. it's slap bang in the middle of a city, for some reason, and then just kind of... Because there weren't necessarily yeah. hills where William wanted to, to build his castles, he just made them. Yeah. So there you go, that's that. Um, the last thing he did, uh, uh, he, they're pretty sure that he's, he's pretty sure that he's conquered by now and he sorted things out, but he implemented what is known today as the feudal system. The feudal? Do you know of the feudal system? No. Now the feudal system is uh, based on, is a structure of ownership of land. Yeah. At the tippy top, there's the king. Mm -hmm. Below him are his lords, his barons. Yeah. Who own land themselves. They take control of this land. They then give give their land, parts of the land, to knights to look after. And they yeah. live there and they own it and they, they sort out the, the things. And they, the barons collect the tax, the knights get a bit of tax, 
the knights also have below them peasants who were given strips of land to work on, to live on, but they had to take to give their taxes to the knight who gave it to the baron who gave it to the king. That's where they got all the money from. Yep. Now, they were essentially owned by the knight. They weren't allowed to leave. They weren't allowed to move on. That's just the way peasantry worked. Yep. In 1067, or around about this time, again, it's, it's foggy, William commissioned something called, um, he commissioned a great census. It, be- it later became known as the Doomsday Book because it was to judge the success of the invasion. Okay. So it was the, the, the Judgment Day Book, named, yeah. named as such by Anglo-Saxons. The Doomsday Book. Uh, he, so he went around and gathered every piece of information, how many people there were, what ranks they were, what they owned, how much food they could produce, how much tax they were paying at the moment, how mm-hmm. many sheep they had, how many fingers they had on their left hand. Literally <laughs> every, every tiny little detail, just, to, just so William could get a good sense of what was, what was happening. In 1086, it was completed. Also the year that William the Conqueror died, and his son, William Rufus, uh, took over. Now, in 1086, the Doomsday Book came back, this giant census, which showed that 95% of the wealth of England was owned and controlled by Norman lords and knights. The Anglo-Saxon lords only controlled 5%. They were well and truly done over. Yeah. No Anglo-Saxons in Britain anymore. No Vikings in Britain anymore. Almost 100% Norman. That's weird. Yeah. Like, that's... An interesting thing, because like coming back and getting those results, that's like mm-hmm. that's, that's got to be a positive, you know. Yeah, that's like oh. he's done really well. It's like, like he's been waiting for these results, gets them, and goes good. Yeah, <laughs> full assimilation of northern culture. Fifty years later, they were all with France, uh, which is hilarious because that's when that's where William came from. He could have just waited. Could have just waited an easier time. What do you mean? Gone in with everyone else. I just meant because if he came from France, he could have waited. He died, didn't he? Never mind. Yeah, he died. But obviously, maybe 200 years later, 300 years later, which is not a, a really big time, a really long time when you think about like family succession. That's what, like te- uh, five generations, six generations? I think. No. Wait, three. Six, all right, six. How many? What? Six how generations? 300 years, you said? Yeah. If you've got no, kings. more than that. Well, it depends. If you've got kings reigning for 30 years, Oh, that's what you mean. I thought you meant from the perspective of like how many generations. Because I oh no, no. Generation let's let's say 20 years? how many how many kings are going to reign. You're going to get down, maybe f- yeah, let's call it seven or eight generations. Okay. You know, it's still the same family. And in 1337, they went to war with France again. The Hundred Years' War for a hundred years. Which was, we need to get to at some point. We do. Hundred Years' War is a it's a ball ache. I'm going to have to gloss over so much because so much happened, obviously, in the Hundred Years' War. This, this is a 55-minute podcast so far. If you, ta- if you take away the errata at the, at the beginning, obviously, because that took about 10 minutes. It's one year. That's fair. This is the 6th of January. Well, this is like the, the 1st of January. Edward, Edward, Edward the Confessor died. And then by Christmas Day, there was another king. And there had been another king in between. Uh, uh, two kings in between, if you believe some historians. Mm-hmm. You know, it's good when you take when you take it right down because there's so much detail you can get. God, it's so like it's a headache. But you, it's a, what, it's what a do you fun think? ride. It's a fun ride. Do you think the right person ended up being king? But I'm so annoyed because he was a dick. Why was he a dick? 
He's a bastard. He just came across as a massive. He was snake. also a conqueror, but obviously he was named that by his own people. Yeah, that's like when like Joffrey, isn't it? Yeah, like it kind of had to be up on his side. The ancestrously made piece of shit. Archie, that's all I have to say regarding the Battle of Hastings in 1066. Okay. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Do you feel like you know a little bit more about history now? Yes, I feel like I know a little bit more about history. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been I Don't Know History with me, Alex. And my name is RJ. I Don't Know History is available on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry. It's also part of the Podmage Network where you can find numerous other lovely and interesting podcasts. Podmage, a different kind of casting, uh, will be live from the 1st of October. So go check out all the podcasts that will be available there, such as Book Club, uh, Rome Quest, Copper RJ, Moss Hansen, and much, much more. Thank you for listening to I Don't Know History. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate subscribe and uh tell your friends bye